And we are live with Living the Guide Life podcast today. Some things on the agenda right now. Um, we're going to be going to Southeast Minnesota this weekend, trying to chase some coyotes in the bluffs. And that's about it for right now. I know snow goose hunting started down in Arkansas. Some guys are killing them down there. It's supposed to be a really good hatch this year. So, supposedly, that's what everybody's been saying. Just keep an eye out on that. See how they play down in Arkansas. See how they play up in the um, upper states as well. Missouri, South Dakota, stuff like that. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I usually only hunt Missouri sometimes. And then usually every year south dakota so we'll be waiting on south dakota which usually ends up being like middle of march late march kind of deal so we're just kind of waiting on that until they push up and get out of arkansas so yeah that's the plan for snow goose hunting and we're brought to you by chasing file outfitters make sure to check us out our books are open um and we'll be ready to roll for uh, season 22-23. So make sure to come check us out and uh, look up our website and all that kind of stuff. And see what looks available to you. Find some buddies and bring them on over to Minnesota. It'll be a good time. So, Also, we are brought to you by Pacific Calls. Like I said once before... Grab their snow goose call, man. It's snow goose season. Grab it. Add something different to your spread. Also, coming out with some new merch stuff here pretty soon. So keep an eye out on that and uh, look to go buy some hats, hoodies, whatever it is, man. They're always coming out with uh, badass new stuff. So just definitely keep an eye out for that. And we are brought to you by Bourbon Media, and I'll give them a second here. If you're a small business owner in the outdoor industry, we get it. The words digital marketing can be intimidating. You're a grunt work, sweat it out, bust your chops kind of person who's addicted to progress and put all of your time and energy into operating your business. We at Bourbon Media can help you push it even further. We're digital marketing experts. I'm talking web development, content creation, social media management, SEO, paid advertising, the whole nine yards. And as fellow outdoorsmen, we know the industry. Keep your business up to date and expand your reach with digital marketing that is directed at your core market. We are Bourbon Media. Cheers to progression. And that wraps things up for Bourbon Media. Check out their subscription-based websites. That is their big seller, in my opinion. It makes it so easy for small guys to go in there and make a website and only have to pay a certain amount a month. Easy, simple, done. Um, Also, we are brought to you by Mallard Bay. So go check them out for all your hunting needs, whether it is a trip for waterfowl in Minnesota. You'll find us on it. You want a trip down to Texas for deer hunting? You'll find us on. It. You'll find somebody on it. I mean, they. I mean, they have the whole country covered, basically in a sense. Just talked to a guy in Maine last week about sea duck hunting, and they're going up on Mallard Bay. So it's just like you're really based all around the country on where you can hunt and different price ranges that you're looking for. 
So I just kind of keep that in mind. But today, we have the man himself, Mr. Tyler Hill on, a Utah native, and an outdoorsman, a family man, and a bourbon enthusiast, uh, straight out of straight out of Utah, and he is part of the Hunt 41 crew. So we talk about all different stuff, trips they've done, how he sees things in life, and uh, we talk about their recent episode and uh, what to look for next in the next upcoming upcoming Hunt 41 film. So, go check it out. Listen here, and uh, you'll get to listen to me and Tyler BS a little bit while uh, drinking some bourbon and some bush light. So, I hope you guys enjoy. Pressure's on now. Yeah. Oh, we're golden now. We're, we're ready to rip it. So we are live with the Living the Guide Life podcast, and we have Tyler Hills on, um, part of the Hunt 41 team, father and outdoorsman. So how are we doing, brother? How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. Oh, anytime. We uh, finally made this happen. I know, right? Holidays, busy schedules. Oh, yeah. There's always... happen, man. Thanks There's for always... being patient with me, you know? Oh, dude, anytime. I'm down to down to bs whenever so it doesn't right. matter matter time of year holidays and family in town and traveling for hunt 41 and then trying to get as much hunting done around around the house as we can so yeah it's a fun time of year oh, absolutely and you're from utah aren't you yeah yeah so i live in a little town it's basically about an hour south west of salt lake city so i okay. live in a smaller town there's only about 300 people here, so it's nice, but I got to travel, travel in for my job, but born and raised in Salt Lake city, you know, yeah. I trained, trained horses a little bit when I was younger. And so I've lived in a couple different States and, and whatnot, but born and raised here. Love it. Absolutely. Yeah, dude. I always see you posting about riding horses and all the country that you guys cover and it looks so sweet. Yeah, man. Unfortunately, I mean, we live, we live in a great place, got horses in the backyard and we got four wheelers for the daughters and stuff like that. So, I mean, we can leave our house and basically ride from our house right up in the mountains. So where we hunt and everything like that. So it's, it's a bunch of fun. It's, you know, the, the city is definitely creeping in on us. So it's coming fast and I don't know, maybe I'll have to move one day, but for now I love it. I mean, the big game hunting is great. I mean, now that we've traveled a lot for waterfowl, I mean, even before hunt 41, I started traveling, you know, I went to Alaska and up to Montana, a couple different places, you know, waterfowling. And, you know, we're fortunate here on the Pacific flyway and in Utah, I mean, we get a good bird migration here. Um, mm-hmm. Probably out of the 41. I mean, I've, I shot my probably the first 20 to 25 here. Yeah. Um, so we get a really good migration here. It's really fun. Yeah. Dude, that's that's awesome. I mean, that country looks so cool. I've never been to Utah, but I have a buddy that goes to um, school up in Utah, up in Salt Lake. I forget what school it is. The U of U or 
University of Utah or the Yeah, I think it's the University of Utah State. Yeah, something like that. I know I know it's not BYU. I know it's not that one. It's I think it's I think it's the University of Utah. Yeah. I'm a Ute fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he goes yeah. up there uh and he's big into skiing, so that's why he went out there. Oh yeah. Yep. Hopefully he'll keep going with college. A lot of people start skiing too much. Then all of a sudden they start <laughs> mountain biking or rock climbing in the summer and yep. drop out of school. So yeah. Oh. Keep his head down. oh yeah. He's, he's rocking and rolling. He's a big fly fisherman too. So he likes to like fish the green river out there and stuff like that. Oh yeah. That's way fun. Yeah. Fish the green a couple of times this summer. It was, it's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's, the green river i mean it's famous but at the same time it'll piss you off too you literally can see the bottom i mean it's 10 feet deep in places or shallow in some places but even when it's like five to ten feet deep it is crystal clear yeah so you literally like can see the fish like coming up and just be like nope and you're just like oh like all day or we're like when they really want it then you literally watch the fish and i'm I just started fly fishing probably four years ago. I, I'm definitely an amateur, like by far an amateur, but like it'll make you like on a dry fly on the green, like it'll make you learn how to like wait. Cause you literally like can see the fish like coming up and you're like, yeah. you know, cause it's usually you're like, Whoa. And they always say like on the dry, like be calm about it. Yeah. So I missed so many fish this summer up there because of that. I'm like, Whoa, you know, <laughs> So it's a good place. I mean, we got the Provo river. That's pretty famous for fly fishing. So I'm sure you've seen that as well. Yeah. Yeah. He was saying the greens, the green can be tricky at times. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's a good spot, man. Yeah. And I mean, are you guys hunting? What big game do you hunt out there? Like in your area? Um, mule deer and elk. Okay. And then this year in, in Utah, it's a lot of, they have a lot of draw units, you know, so you can't just like go to Walmart anymore or wherever sports warehouse or wherever you can't just go down and buy an over the counter deer tag pretty much anymore. I mean, you like right now, ooh, that reminds me, I got to put in for the draws. Pretty much everything's a draw right now. Almost. Really? Um, there's usually never any leftover tags that would go over the counter. Yeah. Uh, pretty much the only thing that has leftover tags is like archery elk. And so a lot of guys, I mean, that's what I do every year. I love archery hunting. Um, I usually tell everybody like probably archery hunting is something that I'm like, even my family knows, like I'm selfish about it. Like I'll yeah. just take a horse and I'll go disappear. <laughs> like it's kind of my thing. And man, I've, missed some and just like everybody else that archery hunts, I mean, hit some, didn't recover them, which sucks yeah. and, you know, beats up on you. But archery is definitely the time where I kind of get up on the hill and regroup my own mind and everything like that. And I've been doing that since probably the mid two thousands, you know, it's been kind of, kind of a thing that I've, I've done and, and it's nice transitioning. So it's hard when somebody says, what's your favorite hunting to do? And I'm just like, man, it's hard. Like I love yeah. waterfowl hunting because it's like you can be loud with your pals and i would say as as far as fun goes like waterfowl is probably the most fun thing to do yeah you know like 
goose hunting in the field, like you're waiting for birds and you're bullshitting and throwing a football or, you know, you're waiting for birds. You can be loud. And, but then archery is kind of like so challenging and it's kind of, I got a very small group of friends that I do it with and we all kind of hunt the same or I go out by myself and it's more stressful yet. It's kind of like my thing, my peace of mind, I'd say. Yeah. Like everybody knows it's going to be hard to get a hold of me, like starting August and middle of sep- middle of August to middle of September. Cause that's our archery season here in Utah for yeah. both deer and elk. Okay. So, but we have fun, take horses up and you know, but, uh, so that's kind of like what we do around here. Like this last year I shot an antelope with my bow. Um, the antelope oh, wow. is, is uh like a a draw so i mean that took me a couple years to draw that tag out and um golly that was a tough hunt you know i mean those things i mean they can see forever and but i had a chance and i practiced a lot with my bow i mean i have a little five acre piece of property so i mean i put targets out to like 100 yards so i mean i practiced 20 30 40 50 out to 100 yards with my bow um i don't like taking those shots i would prefer a 20 yard shot but i was with one of my good buddies caden draper and (laughs) we were been chasing him for two weeks and and there was no wind finally on this day and he's just like it's at 90 yards and he's like just take a shot at this thing and let's kill it and go back to the house and get it skinned out and get the meat off of it and drink whiskey i'm like (laughs) Okay. And I mean, prior to that, I mean, I had shot it some and shot over its back or like yeah. shot under it at 70 yards. And, you know, and I just took a 90 yard shot and I mean, hammered, hammered that thing and we got it recovered and got it done. And, and it was a good time, you know, but I don't know if I'd take that long a shot again, <laughs> you yeah. know, but I think just having a buddy there, like, dude, just shoot. It's not even a big deal. Like if you miss again, whatever you missed yesterday. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I missed yesterday. The pressure's off, you know, I sucked yesterday. So whatever. Yeah. I'll go ahead and shoot again. So shot and it worked out, you know? And so, but I would say like young guys like yourself, if they want to come out and try to hunt Utah, you just, just like any other Western state, you just got to start putting in and yeah. And even the swan, like guys that are in the waterfowl. What's up, old son? Hey, get out of here, John. <laughs> so um, I would say any young guy, like even the swan, if you want, if if waterfowlers are looking for a swan, I mean, we have a great swan migration here. But once again, in Utah, it's probably going to take an out-of-stater probably two years probably to draw that. Yeah. But we're on a point system, so your points accrue you know yeah. so as you know and and man we have a great swan mic. i mean we decoy them right into the water and i mean you're or we put layout boats out like we had on the utah episode yeah um, we put layout boats down and then put swan decoys around and i've taken some friends out and they're just like right in your face like landing on you and it's a bird with a six foot wingspan and it's pretty fun it, it's really fun to watch guys shoot swans now that want to come out and do it um yeah i haven't even shot a swan since that one you know i i mean nothing against it but every year i mean more guys that draw the swan it's almost more fun to it's fun to watch other guys hunt them you know yeah yeah oh absolutely i mean that's it seems like an awesome trip to go hunting a layout boat and 
go shoot us tomorrow. Yeah. Oh man, it's way fun. It's way fun. And it we gotta the layout boat hunt, it's crazy. I mean, you'll shoot puddle ducks, you'll shoot diver ducks out here. Um you'll you never know what shows up in the layout boat because we just put out this huge mondo spread and it looks like the birds are resting out in the middle. And then so so many guys are just kind of beating them up on the edges of these big ponds, you know, and so the birds will just wad up in the middle and I mean, it's a pain in the butt. I'll tell you that. I mean, we put out 200 decoys at least and you're up, you know, waist deep, chest deep water yeah. trying to put out 200 different 200 or so decoys around the layout, but it's a lot of work, you know, yeah. and also I got buddies, you know, that aren't as into waterfowl as me or whatnot. They're like waterfowl hunting just doesn't even seem like that much work, you know, like they're big time, big game hunters, you know, they're yeah. hiking and, getting all fit, you know, to go archery hunting. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, well, come set 200 decoys up in the marsh where you're chin to knee deep in mud, trying to walk around and the water's up past your tits, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and then I have buddies that come and they're like, I'm sweating. It's like 20 <laughs> degrees and I'm dying over here. I'm going to have a heart attack. I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah, you're not up there climbing a mountain, but it's hard work. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, 100%. <laughs> There's yeah. definitely uh, definitely different aspects to each one. They're both hard as hell to do. Come out. Just let me know when you want to come. Yeah. Me and Tony, you know, our other part of the team on Hunt 41, come out. We Dude, cruise you around. That'd be awesome. That'd yeah. be so cool. Because, yeah, that's – do you guys ever hunt, like, the Great Salt Lake a lot? so i don't have an airboat and um so like the mud boats so it's a crazy thing like the great salt lake like you know how everybody says when you hunt the salt it's really like you know like the oceans or whatever it's really yeah. hard on your stuff right and i don't know like the you know this i don't even know the scientific word but like the the salt the con the the amount of salt in the ocean is way less like it's in the great salt lake even now that we're like in a drought and the water's lower and there's not as much fresh water like going in there yeah the i think like the salt rate is like 28 percent around that right now so i mean it's way salty so yeah it's really really hard on your stuff like guys will spray like wd-40 on like you know like full body like floaters and stuff like that like you'll have to literally like you leave the great salt lake and you go to the car wash and you wash all your decoys you wash your pants you wash your boat like because it's really it's really hard on your stuff so i mean the guys that hunt the great salt lake hard like for the teal like we showed yeah on the, on the utah episode um they're hunting airboats and then they're hunting silhouettes yeah. Like you saw those, they were just like almost like a yard sign, you know, that's yeah. just cut out and it's black because the salt is so hard. It's, it's literally twice as much salt as the ocean is. And so there's a lot of guys that literally spray WD 40 all over their engine and everything before they go out. And then they still go to like the car wash and spray it off, but they'll go through like bottles of WD 40, just trying to like, save their stuff like give you an example if you had like a black um just a, like a black matte gun yeah um, nothing that was like cerakoted or anything like that and you go out there by literally the middle of the day into the hunt like you'll already start having that little like rust spots on there 
Oh, wow. So, I mean, there's a bunch of guys that hunt it and they do it and they do it hard. And I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of teal and spoonbill that, that fly out there and they, yeah. they're there all the time. I mean, <sighs> literally guys, you, you could almost go there every single day and hit your limit. Like you could shoot seven teal, like consecutively almost like every day yeah and then later in the year the spoonbills get in there really hard and by the hundreds of thousands um they're eating like brine shrimp so the mm. brine from what i know the brine shrimp like they breed in there and there's like big fish food like brine shrimp companies up there but the the babies go in suspended animation or whatever their eggs go in suspended animation in the winter because the water gets so cold and that's what they're they're going in there and just feeding feeding like really hard and tony tells stories of like going back in there and seeing like you know some of the diver ducks that go in there being so full like they barely you know fly like they weigh like if you shot a, a duck out there and then you shot a duck like back in the marsh or something they weigh differently because they're literally at the buffet they're just yeah. sitting there eating all day so it, it's a crazy place like it looks like it looks and feels like you're hunting on the moon yeah. I mean, the water i mean the the deepest part of the great salt lake is probably 20 feet deep is all 30 feet deep and I mean, oh, wow. it's a massive lake. So, I mean, that most of the areas where, like where we filmed and where all the guys hunt, I mean, they're hunting in, I mean, like water that's like this deep and like this deep and it goes for ever, just like teeny amounts of water. Yeah. And the problem is, is you'll find mud that you literally just like quicksand mud will fall in. So basically those guys that hunt it really hard, know the area, know what they're doing. They go in and they kind of know those hard spots and that's what you look for when you hunt is the hard spots. So you can like yeah. lay in those coffins and stuff. So that's an experience and we got friends. And so if you, if you came into town, like for sure, like it's one thing. And I would suggest to any guys that want to come to Utah and hunt, like there's guides that go out there and do that Yeah, and just save up a little bit of money and just go with the guides. Cause they got that thing dialed in. They got the yeah. to do it and it is worth it. Yeah. Like, You've never seen anything when, like in that episode of Utah, I mean, that was a slow day. Yeah. Honestly, like you'll literally have a hundred to 200 teal decoying all in at the same time on one spread. It's like, <laughs> and they're going so fast. You don't even know what to shoot. So like I swear half the time you're just like shooting and like they fall. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so it, it's, it's fun. It's fun, man. It's a good, it's a good time. And, you know, Tony's been, you know, I waterfowled as a kid, like in high school, just like jump shooting. I grew up, like I said, I probably grew up 45 minutes from the Great Salt Lake and then probably even better hunting in Utah is around the Great Salt Lake and more north. And so, I mean, when I, when I go hunt in the wintertime, I mean, I'm driving at least an hour to an hour and a half to good places, you know, oh, wow. to go hunt from where I live. Yeah. So, and you know, and it's all just a matter of scouting and having contacts and different things like that. I mean, so when we're doing it hard, like we'll scout, we'll scout an area the day before, like in the marshes where they're hitting it and then we'll go hunt. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of different. We do have a lot of hunters here as well. So, I mean, the weekends out here, 
there's there's a huge hunting population in Utah yeah. and there's there's a big hunting population. So I mean the weekends the birds get beat up pretty hard. And yeah. here in Utah, we don't have like closed days or like close like we have closed rest units, but we don't have yeah. like we just got back from Florida, obviously, on our filming for Hunt 41 and like they have draw units and like in California, they have draw units and all that. Like it's, it's a free for all here in Utah. I mean, you can hunt every single day, you know, um, pretty much anywhere except for closed rest units. Um, even up at the federal ref refuge, you can hunt every single day. You just, obviously you just can't hunt the rest ponds. So it's a lot of freedom out here. So at the yeah. same time, I mean, me and the friends that I go with, we kind of usually pick one day a week that all of us kind of, you know, hopefully none of our bosses hear this, but, you know, skate out of work and hunt during the week, you know, <laughs> or, or hunt in the morning. And then answer just as long as you, we answer our phones, then, you know, peel out and get to work after we've, you know, yeah. had a good hunt or shot our limit or, you know, call it a day. Yeah. So it's kind of how, kind of how we hunt. Doesn't sound like a bad gig then. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's not bad. <laughs> i mean kids your age they wear them out man like i oh, yeah. I, got, I got too many bills to pay and things to do like if i could be out there every day man i would i yeah. would they wear them out oh i believe it yeah dude, that's that's a whole different environment out there compared to like what we hunt because i mean all we're hunting out here is like dry fields and then yeah. like small sheet water ponds i mean you can definitely like big like diver hunt but like for me i'd rather go hunt in a field for geese or dry field mallards love shooting divers like yeah fucking blast right but i also don't have the like all the equipment for that yeah so you know what and I, that's the thing that i love about like our project and like when people ask me it's like i mean the barrier to entry in waterfowl and like young guys getting into it or maybe guys that just start watching stuff and they want to get into hunting the barrier to entry. I mean, you could go, you can go to Walmart and, and get a pump shotgun for a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know, like as far as our project goes, I mean, yeah, we have sponsors like Sitka gear and there's great gear out there. Right. But I mean, you don't have to have that to like get out there. And that's what I love about this sport. You know, yeah. and that's, you know, we love filming guys that are like, yeah, man, like, like my, my dad, my dad, I, I didn't grow up duck hunting because my dad hates the taste of duck because, you know, my dad's 75 years old. So he grew up in a little farm town and his parents lived through the depression and everything. Like he lived on ducks that, you know, you shouldn't say this publicly, but probably that they shot when they needed extra food. They're a poor farm family. Like yeah. my grandfather, and great grandfather probably went down to the lake and just smashed a duck and said, here's dinner tonight. You yeah. know, whether it was, and that probably happened all across the country, you know? So, I mean, I didn't grow oh, up yeah. with, I didn't grow up with duck hunting. Cause I mean, my dad's like, if you're going to shoot it, you're going to eat it. And he's like, I am not eating duck, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, <laughs> and so, I'm, and I think there's a lot of guys out there that are like that, you know, they yeah. don't have, you know, like at, at 20 years old, could I afford this, this gun or this, that hell no. Yeah. you know, like save up. And, and that's just the great thing about waterfowl. you don't like a, a bow, a standard bow is going to cost you 
almost as much as a Benelli shotgun yeah. is, you know, like go down, get you a Mossberg pump, man. Like, cool, do it. Yeah. You know, like yeah. get out there and, and that's, that's what I love about it. You see kids like that. I mean, there was a kid that ran into me and Tony up here and, you know, and for us, it's like, I don't even, we don't even view ourselves and neither does Ben. And that's how we host like the hunt 41 show is like, we've had so many people like ask us like, well, who's the host? And we're like the people we go hunt with. Like I, we care more about them and them telling their story, you know, and we were hunting with these young kids. Like we literally were out there layout boat hunting in that same unit. And we watched a mom drop off a kid literally after school, dropped him off. And he was about to go walk in another walk-in unit with just like six decoys and a pump shotgun and stuff he got at Walmart, you know what I mean? And he like came up to us and he noticed us and he's like, I watched your episode. Now I want a waterfowl hunt. And to me, like that was pretty humbling, you know? And we were just like, man, come in here, like try this out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what it should be, you know, because I, if I didn't have buddies that were like into it or dads were into it, like I, I wouldn't be waterfowling. There's no way, you know? And that's kind of how my buddy Brady, that Brady Davis that got back, like both of us had kids young and we were working. Like both of us had kids at 22 years old. Yeah. Idiots. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> we had kids when we were young, you know? And so we, we, we were working forever. And then all of a sudden, you know, Brady got really heavy into waterfowl and he moved back to Utah. And, um, at that time I was living in Oklahoma. I, I just moved back to Utah at the same time. <laughs> and he was like, come waterfowl hunting with me. I'm like, that's stupid. I'm going to go archery hunting. I'm like, and then I went with him. I literally hit opening day. We got ate up by mosquitoes and I took my old browning gold hunter that I cleaned horse stalls with to buy that back when I was in high school and jump shooting. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, shit. I remember, you know, and it was like downhill ever since then, like bought a, bought a duck boat, like literally a month later. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I feel that that's, that's just a part of it. Once you, once you get into it, then it's like, God, you got to buy this and then you want to buy this and you want to buy this. It just never ends. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's why I suggest to a lot of guys, you know, like once you, and I, you see it a lot on waterfowl Facebook pages and stuff like that, but I think it's awesome that you see guys that maybe get a better job or get older or start making better money and they're getting new decoys and they're like, Hey, I got two dozen flamboys. If anybody, if I want to donate them to a youth or yeah, like, I I love seeing that, you know? Oh yeah. It's awesome. Just giving back to the community getting young kids like really into it because when you think about it it's just nobody nobody young really does anymore like in my high school like there was probably we had graduating class of 500 and there was probably like 15 guys that waterfall hunted if that yeah like small town love that yeah like they're there was no like very few people and we lived in a great area to waterfall hunt. like field hunting was phenomenal and just nobody nobody did very i mean if anybody hunted it was they were going to deer hunt and there was very few of them too 
Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that I mean, I love when you say that you just barely got legal, you know, and turned 21 and you're really into it. Like it, it's, it's what we need in the community, you know? Yeah. And so, and that's hunting, that's hunting on all aspects, you know, that literally my daughters, um, so I'm divorced. So my daughters live up in like with their mom. So we do have split custody and they, but they live in downtown. I mean, they live in the place where all of their friends, like even their guy friends have never been hunting before. Yeah. I mean, my daughter, Aniston, she's now 17. I mean, she shot two mule deer already, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Her first boyfriend that she had like last year when she was 16 had literally came down because he wanted to go shooting. Yeah. Like the hell, you know? (laughs) And so there's my daughter teaching her boyfriend how to shoot a gun, an AR. <laughs> her hunting rifle, a 7MMOA. And I'm just like, yeah. what a bizarre world I'm living in. But good for them, you know. <laughs> um, yep, teach their own. Like, right. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, I mean, the amount of kids that, like, because, I mean, where I – where I grew up, it was kind of like, it was like, we we're 20 minutes south of Minneapolis. So 20 minutes south of the cities and like a suburb area. Um, yeah. But I mean, everybody was worried about sports. That was the big thing. Like I played hockey and golf in high school, right. but I still was like very, very big into hunting. And my dad never hunted. My dad's never hunted in his life. My mom's yeah. never like they came out with me because my mom's my mom's dad took me out deer hunting that's how i got into that and then our neighbor um because i got really big into deer hunting i'm like well i kind of want to expand a little bit and so he brought over some dogs to look at for like a hunting dog and then after that i was like 11 after that he'd take me out every weekend to duck hunt and it was just like a light switch went off and it was just like, I can't, I can't wait to get out every, every weekend I'd be going with him. We'd go pheasant hunt, deer hunt, whatever it was like, or uh duck hunt. And it was just nonstop. And That's so awesome. like, that was, that was just the big thing. Like in our town that everyone played sports and it was yeah. not like a, like nobody hunted, nobody like had many guns or like any in the house. Like it was just a different vibe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. I mean, <laughs> parts of Utah like that now for sure. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. I mean, the field hunting in Utah, I wish we could have more of it. You know, I mean, the, yeah. it's all private land and which most field hunting is right. But yeah, best field hunting in utah most of the fields generally speaking most the good field hunting yeah. all the farms and the farm fields are owned by the mormon church and mm. you know and so they lease those out for kind of some big bucks and i mean yeah. those i mean you got huge corn i mean you're having i mean there's so many ducks and geese on those things and so it just kind of it's just opposite you know yeah. like the, like my buddy Brady, I mean, he would duck hunt and loved hunting ducks and everything around here. As soon as he moved to Montana, 
Hannah, he's like, screw ducks, you know, like <laughs> I just want to hunt geese, which he loves goose hunting more anyways. Yeah. But it's like, you offer him to go on a duck hunt. He's like, no, no I'm good. I go on goose hunt today. You know, I, yeah. you know, it's just, I think people also start to find what they like to do in the waterfowl thing, because we really didn't have that opportunity like here in Utah, like there's smaller rural towns, you know, that have some pretty decent field hunting, but at the same time, a lot of those guys, it's like their kids or their grandkids, um, hunt those, hunt those fields. Like we, yeah. Me and my buddy Kate and uh, Draper and my buddy Jared, like we we leased a field for cheap, basically, and it was right next to another farm and then the church farm, and so it wasn't like a banger every time, but we could like traffic them past yeah. us. Like if that guy had corn in that year, we could traffic them past us, and we had like one year where we had a couple good hunts, yeah. and then the next year that old farmer sold out to the next farmer over, a dairy farmer. And his grandson's waterfowl hunt. So, I mean, then that was game over, you know, and it's like, golly, like, you know, (laughs) Yeah. so I think that's maybe why for me, like shooting different ducks, like I love a mixed bag day. Yeah. you know, Dawson leak that he helps us out in films. Like he's kind of, he's part of the team and he does the film and helps us out on social media with hunt 41. I mean, he is, he is your, he's going to laugh if he listens to this, he is your stereotypical greenhead guy, Yeah, you know, (laughs) and Tony that hunts with us, like he loves canvas backs. Like he loves them. You know, he's been hunting ducks for, and, but Tony, Tony's a hunter, man. He'll go jump shoot a mallard slew up in Northern Utah. He'll go hunt anything. He doesn't care. But if it came down to it, he wants to hunt canvas backs. Yeah. Well, we'll be off filming somewhere and they're just like bickering at each other, you know? And I just <laughs> sit back and laugh, you know, cause Dawson's like, you know, them green beans, you know, Dawson's from Dawson's from Tennessee. He's like, you know, those green heads, them green beans. And Tony's like, why would you want to shoot those things? Just poking at him. He's like, why would you want to shoot them? God, them gosh, dang diver ducks. It's <laughs> just like, so it, it, it's fun, you know, and it's fun to see what people get into. Like my buddy, Brady, you know, yeah. he's like, no man, I'm going goose hunting. I'm good. Yeah. Like, Hey man, do you want to go to Alaska and shoot Harlequin? I think that'll mess up my goose season. I'm like, <laughs> You know, so I I just, I love a good mixed bag day, you know? Uh, Yeah. Oh, I'm with you on that. That, That's a great thing about diver hunting is you can just shoot anything. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you can go where we hunt. I mean, shit, you could go shoot six different species for your six ducks on the big lakes. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise you one bit because, I mean, you have everything that goes out there, whether it's puddle ducks divers because i mean you have the yeah you just got just got basically everything out there so yeah i definitely see where you're coming from yeah on that aspect yeah it's it's a blast but i mean for me like field hunting that's where that's where my bread bread and butter is i love that stuff yeah i'd love to come field hunt with you i mean yeah dude come on out when when i go goose hunt with like Brady and Matt or whatever up in Montana. I mean, yeah. it sure is nice walking on solid ground and sitting in an A-frame blind with a heater. Yep. No, I mean, that is nice <laughs> instead of like 
breaking ice in the boat and breaking out a hole and standing in water in your waders. Like, trust me, it's nice. Yeah. Sure. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's like one of the pieces that is big for me is like, it's, I mean, you don't have to go out in the water or you don't get all wet half the time my waders are leaking. So like, <laughs> and I'm just like, well, I know I'm going to get soaked no matter what, but yeah. and like you can drive out in the field Light it all up with the light bars and then you're golden. Play music. Yeah. You know, dance or whatever the hell you want to do while you set up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That's, I don't know. But that's, I mean, in Minnesota, like that's the great thing about Minnesota is like the pressure's not there for like leasing stuff up. I mean, you'll have like our early season honker, you'll have, I mean, what was it two years ago? Yeah. Two years ago. Cause I moved down to Southwest Minnesota for college. And so I got down here like, I don't know, three weeks before the season started. And by that time, everybody has everything locked up. Like if you're not asking in May, June, like you're, you're out of it, you're out of the loop. Yeah. And so I went and asked like the last two weeks before season started, I asked 60 farmers and got 52 no's because people were already hunting. I like your ambition. Yeah. And (laughs) (laughs) And it got to a point where me and a buddy just went to a random area that we knew no birds were in. We just wanted to hear a yes. And he's like, (laughs) (laughs) we walked up to his house and he's like, he's like, yeah, I mean, you can hunt it if you want, but. I've never seen any geese around here. Like most of the people that on my fields, like they're more South of here, but they're already like taken for, but you can around here if you want. And I'm like, it's all I needed here, man. I just need to hear. Yes. We all need wins. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, if you're not on it for that opening weekend, like you're done. But then after that, like everybody hunts, you know, early season not super hard after opener yeah um but there's still quite a few people out just because it's so nice out and people want to get out whatever it is yeah and then you got your duck season that opens so everybody's asking about that but then after like mid-october it's like you can get on everything and anything like yeah because people people start bow hunting or november the first week in november is rifle so everybody starts rifle hunting and then and then nobody wants to hunt anymore yeah so see like in utah like all our hunts so we're pretty fortunate like we have like what is it 107 day season in utah 107 yeah so we have 107 day season the only thing so they'll have a they'll have a split on the geese and then they'll they'll cut off the scop Mm. so but besides that we yeah it's like 170 season i think is what it was and so it's like basically the first weekend in october the first saturday in october is when it starts and then our deer hunt uh mule deer hunt is in october so i mean that's in usually the third or fourth weekend week of october is our rifle deer hunt yeah so i mean opener here is like what you see like in Mendota or in California where there's a line, I mean, there is a line at every, until the gates open. Jeez. And it is, 
I mean, if you love America, just come to Utah and don't even go hunt. Just like, just sit kind of by the marshes and listen to it. Cause it yeah. is like, what it, whoever the guy is that shoots, shoots like five minutes before or three minutes before, even if they're like 20 miles away and, or 10 miles away, whatever it is, they hear a boom. It's just like world war two. And it like goes off for like the first five, 10 minutes. Cause everybody's got stupid ducks, you know, that have yep. been not smart from the whole summer chilling. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, when you hear it, it's like 4th of July. I mean, it's just like, well, we're in America. You know, it's just like, blah, blah, blah. It goes off, you know, and it's tons of fun. But, I mean, we see the same thing too, but not as much because, I mean, by after the deer hunt, you know, there's some limited entry, a little bit of big game hunting that's going on in November. But we kind of see more of an influx on the weekend, guys, kind of starting – right there after the deer hunt is over but as soon as it starts getting like cold here in utah i mean that's when we see guys kind of drop off yeah you know you'll see guys going out on the weekends in october and then you can kind of start seeing the guys they're really into it and maybe they work monday through friday so then they're hitting it hard on saturdays yeah. you know but i mean that's because we're 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 deep in the mule deer rut in basically november i mean we're the they're starting to rut pretty hard, yeah. you know? So we don't, there's very limited hunts that are happening as far as big game go, um, during that time, you know, during November for mule deer. So we do see an influx in November, depending on how good the weather is. But I would say here in Utah, we have a lot of guys that as soon as it gets cold, like cold, then, yeah. And I'm sure you see that there too. Like, I mean, as soon as it starts getting cold, you kind of see the guys that are like, nah, like, I don't want to, I don't need to shoot a spoonbill when it's, you know, zero degrees. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> but. Oh yeah. We deal with that really hard. I mean, this past season, we got totally screwed over for our regulations. Like every year before our duck season ends, the first weekend of December. And then we usually have like a two week long split where you can't hunt in like the first weekend of October, I think. And then it goes to like the third weekend. So like that second weekend you can't hunt and during the week you can't hunt, but then you can hunt till the first weekend of December. And the DNR did like a whole um, survey for everybody to respond to on like, Okay, would you like to see mojos be used all season long? Would you like to see a split close? Would you like to see layout boats used on certain areas? Would you like to see early teal season? Like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they voted on shortening the gap of the split and then closing the season earlier. And my whole theory is people want a warm weather hunt and then once it gets to November, they're like, I don't care anymore. And then they quit. Cause I mean, you don't see the only people you see scouting around are like the real guys that are getting after it. You, I mean, you don't see really any trucks in November. Huh. That's and, great. Cause yeah. I mean, depending on the year, like a warm year, I mean, you're probably not getting a good flux of birds until November. Right? No. Yeah. Like we, we had our good push of mallards like first weekend of December this year like a really good, good push. 
And when do you guys quit up there? The last weekend of November. Oh, so really hardcore guys. They, you'd probably have, you'd rather have a longer split. Oh yeah. Dude, if we could have an early, early season, then it pushed the season back further for sure. Yeah. Like if we could start the third weekend of October and run it all the way through December, like sign me up. I would love to do that. But the thing also is majority of people don't hunt fields in Minnesota. They're all hunting public water, like, Mm. because it's the easiest thing to do. People don't want to go ask permission, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, you'll see that. And then they've never like really experienced field hunting. So they don't know like November is like the Mecca to go shoot field mallards and Canada's like that's by far the best time. Like they're just flowing through left and right. You can just smash them out of the field every weekend. Like it's awesome. Yeah. That sounds fun. And most people have never experienced that. So they're like, well, shit, I feel like half the water is closed up by that time anyway let's let's shoot our ducks while we can early season and then by that time it's frozen over yeah and so that's also the other thing that i think of would be the theory on it just because i mean you'll see posts everywhere where guys are like everything's locked up all the lakes are frozen over like ducks are gone i'm like dude like there's creek systems river systems heated ponds like there's still a bunch of birds around you just right. know, you just need to know where to look. Yeah. Just work hard. Yeah. Yeah. Put a little, like, put a little work into it. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. I'm sorry. Your one lake that you hunt is frozen up, but like, right. Go scout around and like find some. Yeah. It's funny. Cause like, I don't know if you get this, but like people will ask you like exactly that. Like what we were talking about, like when we were saying just like, well, just don't go to the same spot that you go to the same, you know, for us, it'd be like the same frag Island that like, don't go to the same frag Island every, every weekend. Yeah. Like put in a little bit of work and like, look where the birds are at and try to be adjusting, you know, like some guys just go out to hunt the same spot. And if they shoot one bird, they're cool with it. And then other guys like the other, like if you're going to go to the same spot or go to the same say WMA, you know, or something like that. Like, I mean, don't bitch about it. Right. If you're not getting into them, you know, like talk to the biologists, you know, like look at, look at the WMA. I mean, is there, you know, is there vegetation there for the ducks to be getting into? Like, you know, it's just kind of those things. And, And I think sometimes, I mean, I think there's a, there's a group of guys that are really into it. And so they look into it as much as like those group of guys look into whitetail hunting and like, or mule deer hunting or, you know, and they get into all the little things, you know? And so that's why, you know, with, with hunt 41, like as we go places, we like to go with people that can explain that. Or we try to like talk to like, like when we, we filmed North Dakota this year and then uh, we're going to go back and, I try to do the snow goose thing in North Dakota as well. But I mean, we hunted yeah. with, we hunted with Chris Nikolai. I mean, he was a federal biologist for like 20 years and now he's the main biologist for Delta and like just hunting with guys like that. And they explain stuff that yeah. you're just like, Whoa, like, Oh, okay. Like 
you know, just like the little things, like, is there feed there or is, you know, like, why would they be here and different things like that, that I, I think that waterfowl hunting in general, I just think has just been kind of a, like, there's people that are big into the tradition, big into doing it. But at the same time, there's a lot of guys that look at it like me, like, man, there's, you know, like, it's just fun, yeah, you know, but at the same time, you know, like you get guys asking like, well, how, how, I didn't see any over here. Like, how'd you get into them over here? Well, a, you go look for them. Like what you're saying, what you do, yeah. go look for them. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, that pond's broken. You want that pond every week, you know, go find another pond. That's not open or go find a hot <laughs> slip or something. I don't know. Like, you know, like grab a buddy and listen to some music and some binos and go, go look, yeah. you know? And so I don't know. It, it's, it, it's kind of like the whole thing. Like everybody says, what, you know, what shot do you use? Two shot BB or whatever. It's like, you know, take your gun and go pattern and whatever choke you're using, go in the summer while you're bored, just put big old cardboard up at 20 yards, 30 yards, 40 yards, 50 yards and shoot, twos and threes and four, you know, fours and BB and see what patterns better at those yardages. And then you'll know, like, you know, like for my gun and my choke that I have, I mean, I would never shoot BB out of it. Yeah. You know, just because I know it doesn't pattern well. So even if it's like a two shot or a three shot that I'm going to shoot out of my gun, even if it's like big geese or say like swan or whatever that you would think that you would need bigger shot with well my accuracy is going to be better with my pattern and i just think it's just like that like guys go side in their rifle for deer hunting but then when they come to waterfowl they just pick up the shotgun and go you know and it's just the little things like that that can just kind of change your game you know yeah so oh absolutely i mean that that's the stuff we look like i yeah. And I miss, a, I miss, everybody misses oh, with waterfowl yeah. hunting. I mean, it's so, it's like, you know, shoot skeet, but then like, you know, we have a, it's called Wasatch Wing Clay. I mean, there's a gun club I could ride the Terex too, or, you know, yeah. we, we ride the Razors and Terex over there and go shoot sporting clay and skeet. But at the same time, I don't think that they fully replicate what ducks do you know, but yeah. practice is a little bit of practice, just swinging yeah. your gun and looking down the barrel can help. Yeah. You know, just little things like that, that I, th- I think that sometimes a lot of guys just look at the waterfowl thing is just like, let's just go have some fun. Yeah. But, and I love that aspect of it, but just don't, don't be like, there's no birds. Yeah. Screw this. This sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Like, just because you don't want to hunt in the cold weather doesn't mean that you should end it for the guys that want to. Right. Like, right. That's my old thing. I mean, like, yeah, boy, especially when they shorten that. I mean, that's crazy. You guys shut down that early. Dude, you know? it's un, it's unbelievable. Like our goose season goes till January, but our ducks is like, it doesn't get good until that time. Like, it doesn't get good till November for like actual really nice, pretty. And I mean, even the guys that are shooting divers, like that's when you have really pretty diver, like nice divers. You're not going out there and shooting brown ducks the entire time. Right. Like, I mean, good for you if you want to go shoot brown ducks, but like, I really like seeing the fully plumaged mallards or pintails or whatever it is like that are really pretty at that time. Absolutely. 
And so, I don't know. Teach their own, I suppose, and it is what it is. Yeah, but, I mean, I kind of like the standpoint that as long as everybody's getting out there and buying like a duck stamp, mm-hmm. and if you buy a duck stamp and you go hunt one day, good, because yeah. you, you helped, right? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the hardest part about it, and that's the biggest thing that I – me personally i'm concerned about is just like what you're saying like the number of people your age and that number is getting smaller you know and that's a very disputed fact they're like well sales are up or whatever like it's a smaller number and i'm not an idiot i can see it from when i grew up in utah to now my daughter's growing up in utah you know what i mean like it's a smaller number yeah and that's kind of like when we were in florida just barely like we went with some guys and we're hunt that we were hunting with a cattle rancher you know and he was an eighth generation cattle rancher and that was like his biggest thing he's like the most endangered thing in the united states is your agricultural land your conservation lands you know and so it just kind of takes especially and i appreciate young guys younger guys like you you know i mean i'm definitely not like 50 or 60 but I mean, you're 20 years younger than I am down yeah. here, you know? So it's like appreciating like how much I think that your age, the millennial type, they get a lot of, they get a lot of, you get hammered on. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's still a lot of say millennials or younger types, you know, like younger guys or Gen Z or whatever your generation is that get hammered on that you're just playing video games, but there's still a bunch of you out there that are getting into hunting and you're going at it freaking hard. And it's awesome to see because I think that we have to have it, man. Like what you're saying, like nobody in your town really hunted waterfowl. Like, well, it's only you and the couple guys that hunted that helps protect and push and, you, you know, join DU or join Delta, whatever you got to do. And, you know, try to go to some rack meetings and, and, you know, life gets busy when you start having kids and I could be better about it myself, you know, and trying to support those things that are actually putting back in money to it. Cause it hit home with that rancher said, he's like, you know, there's only 2% of the population in Florida and that's a huge population. He said, there's only 2% of it that hunts. I mean, that's scary. That's yeah. scary for a state that big and only 2% of them are hunters that are fighting to keep land open because their land is more valuable for houses. And I mean, that's like here in Utah, land's more valuable for houses than if a conservation organization went in with the feds and went in with the state and like bought a chunk of land from a farmer or whatever, and turned it into a new WMA or whatever. I mean, that's, a landowner is going to be like, you're giving me half of what this national home builder would give me for this. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? So it's good to see, you know, and I think that's where you have in this podcast. Like it's good, man. Like you got to keep pushing hard and pushing and challenging kids your age to be thinking like you are, yeah. you know? Cause oh, absolutely. And like to what you said about Florida, like not to make this political, but like you, like it's mostly conservative down in Florida and usually conservatives are hunters. Right. And so that's a really shock to me on just 2% of Florida really being hunters, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I was, I might be wrong. Hopefully nobody listens to this. It starts, 
it was a long trip, average three hours of sleep at night, you know, a lot of hard travel. Yeah. But it was the number that he said was freaking staggering. And I was yeah, like, yeah. wow. And I think it was the budgets too, that hunting gets or whatever, you know, like it was way off kilter and way skewed. And I was just like, that's because everywhere where we went, it's, it was like, it was really cool, man. Like, before, I, I'd never hunted in California before we did the California episode and, you know, Ben's yeah. from there and I'd only gone there for beach vacations with family. And yeah. I trained horses back there when I was 18. And, but I lived in, you know, a little town called or a town called Temecula or whatever, when I was there, like I didn't see the Sacramento Valley or central or the Northern part of California. It's completely all ag. Yeah. And so when we go to, Florida, like I'd been to Florida for just the same thing. Like went to a beach and blah, blah, blah. And and literally the only time that we went to a beach area was like, there was, it was like a, it was like a hunting type beach, you know, yeah. and we were like completely in farmlands and there's so much agriculture. I mean, what did that, that rancher said? They're like the number two cattle producing state in America or whatever. Yeah. I mean, just so much ag land so there's just so much to appreciate about that place but just like they said i mean there's so many people moving there that you know though this rancher wants to sell his five thousand acres he's going to sell it to a developer yeah golly it's crazy oh yeah i mean florida's blowing up with um uh just blowing up with people like i mean mean, politically we're really republican so i mean we're having a huge massive push of people coming in here we have a lot of tech and and kind of what he was saying is the one thing that florida does have like working against them is is republican and it's primarily conservative but what he was saying is it's that way because it's a big, huge retiree type place. Yeah. So you do get, it might be Republican, but you're getting people that are 50, 60, 70 years old. And yeah. they have, they have those views yet. They, they want to go like walk and see ducks or something, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> so it's not like, <laughs> It'd be like, you know, like my grandma, you know, she used to shoot deer so kids could eat, you know, but, yeah. uh, you know, she wants to go look at ducks. They're pretty, you know, yeah. she doesn't want to go hunt them. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's definitely, definitely different. I mean, it definitely is a huge change because, yeah, I mean, most people are trying to go down there and retire, mm-hmm. hang out. I mean, whatever it is, it's not like they're going down or beach vacations or whatnot. I mean. Yeah. It's not like an area where you can go down and like freelance really, I feel like. Right. And it's really interesting, like what they were saying, like the black belly whistling duck, you know, that we, one of the ducks that we went down there obviously to go get. Yeah. Um, I mean, really that duck's from a different country and it's not like a native thing, but like what they're saying right now is like, you look into it and, that's what they're seeing. They're like, those people are like, love those ducks and want to see them. Yeah. But those ducks are, they've actually found that those ducks are going in and they're super invasive and they're going into like wood duck nesting areas and take them over. Cause they're really aggressive. Oh, wow. Like as far as, as far as genes go, they're closer to a goose than they are a duck. So they're really aggressive. 
and they'll have, uh, what did he say? Um, they'll have like two clutches a year, two to three clutches a year. Really? So, I mean, you're having these, the black bellies, they're, re- they're basically re- reproducing two to three times a year. Wow. So, I mean, the numbers of those are growing really big and really fast and they're actually starting to they're they think and they're starting they're kind of wanting to look into it and fight it more because they're starting to push into the wood duck population and they get they get a good wood duck push down you know that east coast through the carolinas georgia and down into florida and big wintering for wood ducks there and if they're going in and taking housing away there's some people down there that are saying, but then at the same time, like they, they want those to go in early season too, like with the teal or whatever, Yeah, because they reproduce so fast and they're somewhat invasive. Um, but then you have people that own 20 acres and there's water everywhere in Florida and they have a pond and you have an old, like old people that love when they come. So they're just out there pouring corn, yeah. you know, cause they love these ducks, you yeah. know, but they don't understand that they're, affecting other ducks you know so such is the world we live in you know i mean people it's like here in utah i mean everybody doesn't like deer hunting and they talk crap about it but they're building houses where the mule deer have to winter because we get 10 feet of snow in the mountains yeah so it's like the people that fight us on oh you're a hunter you're bad they're the ones literally affecting literally where the deer have to winter and live. And now the deer are getting pushed out of those places where they have to winter. It's like kind of one of those things, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, it's, it's the people that just don't understand like conservation and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I went my first year of college, I went to a community college and it was more liberal and I did like a presentation on snow goose conservation season and just talk about how they're affecting the Arctic circle and stuff like that. And they're like, Whoa, I never understood that. Like, that's a big deal. Like, so like, it's just stuff like that, that, I mean, people need to realize that's going on that they don't think of like, Oh, you're going to shoot a goose. Why would you go do that? But at the same time, it's like, you're trying to help as much as you can on keeping the population for everything else there. And, you know, you're just like, for example, like where we bow hunt, um in like in my hometown my parents own like 16 acres in the middle of town and you can shoot unlimited antlerless out there so you can go buy as many tags as you want for does like you can just let them have it and yeah awesome yeah and so like i'll go shoot two or three does out there a year or whatever like why do you need to go shoot that many well you don't want people hitting them with your car or whatever it is it's just such an overpopulation like that's what needs to happen. Yeah. And yeah. so. And pe- some people don't understand it. They don't understand that, you know, over there in the Midwest and the East coast, I mean, there's no predation like yeah. out here in the West, you know, like we have cougars and coyotes and everything that, yeah. you know, like our, our biologists in our States are so focused on big game, you know, because, they have, you know, 10 feet of snow and they have to migrate and you know what I mean? Like, and that's like in your area, people just don't understand it. Like, why do you have to shoot four deer or five deer a year? You're like, well, they'll just start to keep reproducing. There's no predation, 
You know, yeah. there's nothing that is threatening them besides us and your car. You yeah. know? Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, exactly. Dude, like the amount of deer we see dead on the side of the road in front of my parents' house is incredible. Because, I mean, they live right on a pretty busy road. Yeah. And there's like this little it's basically just a little chunk of woods that's in the middle of all suburbs right in the middle of town so it's like the neighbor the neighbor down owns 10 acres the neighbor next door owns 10 10 and then they own 16 and then the neighbor next to them owns 10 so it's just like this little chunk of woods that's right in the middle of town and that road is just full of deer all the time sounds like the honey hole you got right there for deer yeah that's awesome (laughs) yeah it's it's sweet i uh I had a pretty sad story this year of just, dude, I shot like, I shot this 11 point and didn't recover him. Like I shot him at like, so I have a, I have a box blind, like right in the middle of the property. And it came from the West side of the field, came down our trail and it was perfect. Cause I was able to open the door up and kind of hide behind the door and then we stepped out at 30 yards like i was like boom this is perfect pulled back let it rip not nervous at all like i was like boom i shot him like i shot him in the dead zone i'm pretty sure because it was above the lungs below the the spine and just right in that area where there's nothing it's just all meat and right when i shot him because i had the lighted knock on i was like you know, it's a little high, but I think I should be fine. And I was a little skeptical because it didn't go all the way through. Like usually all my arrows whiz right through the deer. I never, I've never had a deer have an arrow stick in it. So I was like, huh, that's kind of, it's kind of weird as well. So yeah, went, went out, like gave it a little time. There wasn't really any blood and there wasn't actually any blood where I shot it. And so I was worried. And so I was like, all right, I'll give you like three hours, four hours went up to the spot into the thicket where I knew he went in and I found the arrow that was like chopped off right at the fletching. Hmm. And there was no blood on that, no blood on that trail tracked him just by his tracks for like 200 yards. And then he crossed the road and then I lost the track. And I, I went through like all the neighborhoods. I was like, yeah, if you like see a dead deer, like, just give me a call. Yeah. <laughs> dead deer on your lawn. <laughs> yeah. like, if you hear about like a dead deer, like a big deer sitting in somebody's backyard, just like hit me up. Right. And God, dude, it was, it, I was so, I was so sad about that. That was, that was a big deer. He just, I don't know what happened. Just must've hit him in the dead zone. I, I mean, I felt super good about the shot when I let go and just went a little too high, I guess. Yeah, man. I, I've done the same thing in the void on an antelope seven, seven or so years ago, literally right through recovered my arrow. Same thing. Like, okay. Like I, I'm like, okay, it's a little high, but like saw blood coming out, like both sides ran off. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to town, let him rest and go grab a snack, come back. And so I had my daughter at the time, she's seven years. So she's like 10 and my dad was with me. And then another buddy that lived in that small town in Southern Utah, like came with me and we're like, okay, we're like, I didn't even think like it's after dark. I'm like, he's dead somewhere. Like I, I'm not going to take a bow or a gun. Plus it's after dark. So I can't shoot. 
right? Yeah. Like we're flashlight, flashlighting along, like following trail, like blood at first was good. All of a sudden it looked like this thing rolled or something. We don't know what happened. A couple hundred yards later in the flashlights, all of us are flashing this deer completely alive, laying down. This son bitch would roll <laughs> and he's straight up alive. And I walk within literally 30 feet from him. Oh, geez. And I'm like, oh, my hell. I'm like, <laughs> you know, and at that time, it's like, I wish I had a gun or a bow yeah. or something to be ethical. It was a bow yeah. once. I wish I had my bow, but then it would be illegal. And, Anyways, this thing gets up and like kind of like trots away. And I'm just like, okay, let's back out. Like, I think he's going to bleed out or whatever. Next day we go back, that thing is gone. So I'm like hunting the same drainages in Southern Utah. It's like 110 degrees down there in August. I mean, it's hot. I'm trying to find this antelope for days, like basically quitting my hunt. Cause I'm going to find this thing. I know it's got to be dead. I don't, I don't find him. And I really didn't like start hunting another antelope at that time, which I should, right? Like they say like, yeah, just go, go hunt another one. I mean, that's part of the game, right? Like you got to recover it. Some guys don't do that. They say I shot one. I mortally wounded it. My hunt's over. I was kind of on the fence. Like I'm I'm like, if it's like an easy 10 yard shot, something easy, like I'll do it on the last day. So I'm down there by myself and this guy drives in from like, I can't remember like New Jersey or something. And he's like, I drew out the rifle followed up. Like the archery ends on a Friday. The rifle follows up on a Saturday. Yeah. So I'm like camped out in this spot. And this guy comes from New Jersey. He's out there scouting on a Friday. And, and he's like, and I'm like, man, like, yeah, I've been here for a while, blah, 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 whatever. Long story short. I'm like, I'll stay over and I'll help you, man. Like you came from New Jersey to hunt antelope in Southern Utah. And they're, and I just told him, I'm like, they're barely starting to come in the rut. I mean, this is a done deal. Yeah. So I take him around sure as shit. The next day we shoot that antelope wounds on both sides. And this thing was like, probably as the crow flies, it was like, like probably eight miles from where I shot it. We shot it like those antelope, like they'll, they go forever. As soon as they start getting in rut, like they go far. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Shit. That guy shot the antelope and he's literally (laughs) wounded on the top. I'm like, sorry, man. Like I probably wouldn't eat that meat. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) took the shoulders off and everything like that and helped the guy, like got pictures with him. Like it was a good story, you know, like, so it it was pretty fun but that's wild it it, it is a real deal that void i i guarantee that thing would have lived because the meat the meat there was it wasn't like maggots in it that thing started rolling yeah so i mean like your deer is probably fine oh yeah elk that elk that we shoot like on the rifle hunt like my buddy shot a mule there last year that literally had a broadhead in its shoulder yeah that he shot with a rifle and you see elk like that all the time. And it's part of the sport, man. Yeah. But 11 point, that sucks. Yeah. That's <laughs> a bad loss. Yeah. Yeah. It was a tough one. Why it was like, go up on your cameras this year or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, it was, it was something else. And that was like, 
I had my girlfriend with me and that was like her first deer hunt. And I was like, this is a great deer hunt. Like this is turning out to be like awesome. She's like, like, this is, this is it. And then I didn't, didn't find it. And she's like, yeah, it happens or whatever. And I was like, God damn. Was, Sounds like a good woman, man. At least mm-hmm. you'd be like, you just wounded an animal and now you can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good woman. You might want to keep her. She's oh like, yeah. Honey, keep your head up, you know, <laughs> keep her around. <laughs> oh yeah. She's, she's awesome. She goes out and she'll go goose hunt with me, walk pheasants with me. Like I can't complain too much. I know. Aren't you getting married here? I am, man. Hey, congratulations. I, am. I was, I got divorced after the market crashed and everything like that. And I was, I had a hard stint to being single. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I it was a fun stint, but it was a hard stint, you know, <laughs> you know? but, uh, yeah. A lot of my buddies are like, you're never going to get remarried. And I was like, hell no, I'm never going to get remarried, you know? And here I am. Uh, yeah. Heidi, Heidi, she's awesome. Um, there's friends that like literally like, hey, not hate me, but they're like, where the hell did you go? Like, we could always call you. You're always down to like, like I was the guy, if they called, they're like, we got a hunting trip tomorrow. I'm like, cool. There. Yeah. You know what I mean? Met Heidi a couple years back and I, you know, she's into horses. She didn't, she grew up in a small little, uh, like ranch town, yeah. wine town in Washington. And so she's always been around horses. She had her own horses. She trains, um, she, she trains dogs and does physical therapy. And she's awesome. Like she puts up with me, she puts up with my hunting addictions and me yeah. disappearing and, being an outlaw sometimes, you know, not an outlaw, like in a bad way, but yeah, yeah. Up playing cards with my pals too long, you know, and being too loud or whatever. Like she, she deals with me, you know, and I just like, so yeah. So uh, all my buddies were like, where the hell did you go? But then now they get it. They're like, man, she puts up with your ass. I'm like, yeah, I, bet, I, better, I better, better try to lock this one down before I mess it up. You know? <laughs> And that I saw on your post that she had her conceal with her when uh, you guys went on your first date. Oh, dude, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> she did, man. Like it was so random. Like so, she does physical therapy. So a lady down the road was like, "Hey, there's a there's a cute single guy or whatever, you know, that lives down the road and he's got horses. Like you're around the same age, blah blah blah." So then. I had known nothing about this and she friend requests me and I'm like, that's so random. We have no friends in common, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, is this one of those creepers or whatever, you know, like the random, like yeah, Susan from Ohio or yeah. whatever, you know what I mean? That's like single and want to mingle. Yeah. But then I looked into it. I'm like, wait, she lives in, she lives in Eagle mountain. I'm like, this has to be fake. Like this has to be spam. So I like accept it. And then I message her. I'm like, looks like you're into some really cool stuff. Like I messaged her first. So she's always like, whatever you message me first. I'm like, you hit me up. And she admitted I was outside staining the wood on my house. And she admitted that she went by. That was back when I was single and working out more. So I like had a little bit better body, you know, and I was outside with my shirt off staining. And I remember she drives a dually truck for hell's sake. Yeah. I'm like, good looking gallon dually truck on this little country dirt road. I'm like, who the hell is driving by? Yeah. And so she finally, I'm like, you look so familiar. And this truck looks so familiar. 
finally she admits months later she like drove past my house and I was outside staining. I'm like, I knew it. You know, I knew it. You're the creeper, you know, <laughs> but uh, that's the funny story. And, but she did. So, I mean, she, te- she has her concealed, uh, weapons teaching license. So yeah. on the first date, she had her concealed on her. And then she asked if I said, do you want to go to dinner? Would you like to go on a, like a razor ride up on the mountain? She's like a razor ride. I'm like, Hey, this is a good thing. Yeah. I'm like, this is great. Yeah. And a better part of the story is my buddy, Brady Davis. He was the one that like goaded me. I'm like this. She like keeps asking to like go on a horse ride with me. This is like before I asked her out on the first date. And I was just like, man, like, he's like, dude, this girl rides horses. She has dogs. Like quit being a bitch, you know, like just ask her out. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I will, you know? So I ask her out and I'm like, well, should I get like some beer? Like ask her what she likes to drink or whatever. So I, so like in Utah, there's a lot of like Mormon people, they don't drink. Right. Yeah. So like, kind of like when you're single, you'll ask like, do you, would you like to go out for a drink? And then, you know, like, well, I don't drink. And then you're like, okay, so you're Mormon. So, okay, I'm not Mormon. So, you know, yeah. like, and so basically I like asked what she liked to drink and break and, She's like, cherry Coke. I'm like, oh my hell. <laughs> so I'm like, well, what? And I'm like, Brady, what should I do? Should I like buy some beer, put it in the cooler for the ride? And he's like, how about you just go on a date with her? She likes cherry Coke. Buy her some cherry Coke and just go on a date and see how it goes. You know? Yeah. So we go on a date. The first gate we get to, we're riding in the Terex. Oh, she asked, she's like, can I bring my 22 lever action 22 in case we see rabbits? I'm like, hell yeah, you can. <laughs> so she brings that. I'm like, check, check number two. This, this chick's bad. Yeah. Um, we, the first gate we get to that you have to open. So it's cattle gate. I like start to get out. She goes, I'm passenger. It's my, it, I'm, I'm the passenger. I got to open the gate. I'm like, Check three. <laughs> I'm like, where the hell are you from? I'm like, you're like, like any women I've dated for the last eight years. I'm like, yep. check, check three. <laughs> so like we, so I, it, here's where the story gets really funny. So I asked her, she likes cherry Coke, right? I bring cherry Coke. So I went on like this whole thing where I said, I wasn't going to drink anything except for like those, uh, not white claws because they were popular, but just because of the carbs and I was like on a yeah. diet, or whatever. Yeah. So I had a bunch of bitch beer basically in my cooler and then her cherry Coke. So we literally get past the gate. I'm like, thanks for getting the gate. Like you're, you're awesome. I'm like, would you like your dot, your cherry Coke now or later, you know, I'm being a gentleman. And she opens up the cooler and like, I'm like, here's your cherry Coke. She's like, where's your drink? Like, and, I, and then she pulls out a flask. <laughs> and all I have are white claws in my cooler. Like, she will not let me live that down. She's like, you're going to drink white claws? And I'm like... <laughs> so anyways, that's... The beginning of Heidi, I'm like, okay, yeah, she's badass. She literally brings a whiskey flask, and that's why she wanted cherry coke to shoot it with. Yeah. 
and I show up without alcohol. Thank you, Brady. Idiot. <laughs> with white claws left over from a month ago from my diet. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, that's too good. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, man. July 30th, come out. Yeah, sounds like a good gig. Yeah, we, we've both been married before, so we're going to just have like a small little family ceremony. And then here at the house, we're just going to do like a taco truck and like a bar yeah. and then just yard games, you know, yeah. just have a bunch of fun, like not do the old spend a bunch of money stuff, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fun. Mm, I hear so you if you find it. a lady that shoots whiskey while you're drinking White Claw, I mean, it could That's go the one. You know? <laughs> Uh, yeah it sounds like you got a good one then yeah she keeps me in line yeah oh we gotta yeah gotta have that i suppose yeah yeah i mean yeah this one this one that i got is a good one i can't i can't complain at all she's uh she's from north dakota and so she's from like bismarck north dakota oh nice she's like yeah she's a lot better than what we have around here well, I mean, if she's from North Dakota, that means she's tough, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's tough as nails. That's yeah. what you need, especially if you're into hunting and you get old-minded and all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to skip work to get today and go hunting. Like, they better understand, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Like, they got to they gotta realize what's happening. I mean, like, she's also, we're kind of, like, she goes to school, like, shoot three hours away from me so it's kind of like a distance thing which is like it's great because i mean i can get all my shit done and then if i like when i go see her go do whatever like she comes down she's like oh how nice would it be to you know wake up in the morning and your boyfriend be there i'm like yeah i can't <laughs> when it's on like, season like <laughs> you're like in due time around christmas she's like yeah i just don't know what that means and i'm like yeah well during this time you won't know what it means. <laughs> really yeah so she's she's pretty fun yeah she, she's a blast but dude i want to hear more about hunt 41 and the Florida trip and how that all went down. Yes. Sorry, man. We got off on tangents. No, oh, I mean, dude, we're just rolling with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time I do these, I did with my buddy and it was like three hours, yeah. you know? Oh yeah. Dude, there's the flip flop guy. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Andy, have you seen, have you seen that? Uh, they get the flip flop guy. Like he, he has a podcast and he's like, I want to do a podcast with you. It was like three hours later. I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. So you can just cut me off anytime, but <laughs> no worries, so, dude. We're having fun with it. Yeah. So hunt 41, I don't know. I always like to ask people like, what do you think about hunt 41? I mean, a lot of different opinions on it, right? Oh yeah. I mean, dude, it's by far my favorite film series that I've ever seen like what you guys bring to the table on just showing different atmospheres and shooting different ducks and whatnot. I think it's so cool. Like it's, it's like nothing else. And the camera work too is just unbelievable. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's what I love about doing these things is like, 
you can ask me anything you want to ask about it. You know, like, what have you thought about it? Like, or like, what are the ins and outs of it? Like ask, ask, ask me. So you get to know me and like what we're about, you know, I mean, whatever questions you have about it, I'd love to answer them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like what does, what does hunt 41 mean to you? That's a great question. Um, Hunt 41 for me, I mean, it started out like, oh man, I like, I wanted to get them all, you know, I wanted to get them all like super jack, super pumped, like, you know, kind of like the whole thing, like got to shoot a limit, got to shoot a limit. Yeah. You know, it kind of started out like that. And now that things have progressed, um, it's turned into way more, you know, for, for me personally. And I actually think, um, bringing Ben on and Ben's such a creative, um, you know, myself and my buddy, Tony, I mean, we talked about doing, you know, some sort of a hunt, like a 141 series since before talking to Ben about it, Ben Potter, um, that his creative mind and his, his, his creative mind brought out. So then all of a sudden, all of us just started like bouncing ideas, you know, like a, like a racquetball in a racket court, just like bouncing ideas off of each other for like almost a whole nother year before we lined out sponsors and everything. And so like now, now I look at it and it's like everything we've talked about, you know, like, seeing all these different places and showing people, you know, like if you love waterfowl hunting, you know, save up a little bit of money and go trade a hunt with a guy would be like the number one thing that I like about, you know, the hunt 41 pages and the hunt 41 website is like, man, like you're a killer field hunter in your parts, like trade a hunt with a guy. You know, just bringing waterfowl back to like, got to be sensitive about how you say it, but back to what it's supposed to be like instead of and showing what it's about and the traditions of what it's about. And it's not about whoever's on social media with a hundred thousand followers. Right. Yeah. Um, Social media is a great, it's a great tool and it's a pro it's a necessary tool nowadays for, publicity for what you're trying to accomplish but i mean just showing the average hunter that's out there that probably doesn't even have social media or it maybe doesn't even know what it's about and just showing what the traditions are about and the states man now traveling to me like even if hunt 41 ended tomorrow I, i would literally save up and plan a waterfowl trip and try to make connections in a new area to where i've never been whether we kill limits every day or we kill four ducks the whole time I'm there is it's more like just meeting people like learning how people hunt differently learning the traditions of you know how chance get into like what did he like you know what I mean like learning those things is what I like more like I think it was somebody the other day said yeah I look at hunt 41 more as like a hunting traveling show than a hunting show. Yeah. You know, and to me, like some people could look at that and be like, Oh no, we're a hunting show, you know, but I, for everybody that's watched our films, man, like we're, 
I grew up watching hunting shows on Saturdays and getting jacked about them and watching like people go set up, whether it was waterfowl, deer hunting, turkey hunting, like go to a place, set up, kill, go to the next spot. And all of us kind of wanted to do something different. We just didn't want to like show us going to a guide service and setting up no offense to any guide service or anything like that. We just wanted to do it a little bit different. Like going to, going to North Dakota and setting up on a thousand geese and showing a thousand geese die. And we set up a thousand decoys and, and then the episode's over and we go to the next spot. You know, I think for me, it, like people laugh or Ben laughs. He's like, I'm going to show this of you missing this duck. I'm like, good. You know, like we all miss or like people have said that in the comments, like, why are you, why are you showing guys missing birds? You know, it's like, man, that's hunting. Yeah. Why are you showing films of like, you guys only killed two that day and there's four (laughs) shooters there Man, that's hunting, you know? And, and that's probably the, biggest thing and the most important part to all of us is just showing like real real hunting and how it is i mean yeah everybody knows you don't crush every day you don't crush every time yeah no you know so for me that's the biggest part traveling and like showing a 16 year old kid that if he saves up four hundred dollars for her 500 bucks in a plane flight you know what I mean? That he could go to a really cool place and probably meet really cool guys that, you know, just like you, you know, parent, your parents didn't hunt. My parents didn't waterfowl hunt. So show kids like us, like, Hey man, like save up money. And there's guys that that are out there. that are like, yeah, come hunt with me. This is what my state's like. And then maybe I can come hunt at your place or whatever. And it's just kind of bringing that, just settling it all down, you know, just settling all the noise down with, you know, what gear you're wearing and what gun you're shooting. And, uh, you know, like that gun's a piece of crap. Those shot shells are pieces of crap, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like just calming everything down and giving somebody to watch that's just enjoyable and they can learn something from it or just enjoy it. Yeah. You know? Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, like, with your guys' films, have you honestly shot one duck the entire film? Like, I could really care less. Like, it's just showing the experience. is like the thing that I love is showing the different stories that people do. And, like, the reality, like, you're not going to win every single time. Yeah. Like, it's just how it is. It's the waterfowling world. Like, yep. And so to see you guys really show like the different stories and like experiences. That's a big thing is like, when I think of hunt 41, it's they're sharing an experience, not a hunt. Yeah. Like, I appreciate that, man. Like we, (laughs) we got asked, (laughs) we got asked, what did we get asked? I think in Florida, we got asked, they're like, you guys do this full time. I'm like, no, man, like <laughs> we don't make anything off of 141. Like yeah. literally the hats and the swag or whatever we sell, like we put that straight back into YouTube advertisements. I mean, yeah. our sponsorship dollars and obviously, you know, we thank them a ton because they, they pay the bills, man. Like Ben, 
Ben Potter and Connor Outdoors. I mean, he's yeah. he's brilliant. He's been doing probably the best work in in the big game, the waterfowl. Like he's been shooting the best stuff in. Oh, easily, yeah, for a long time. And there's young guys that are shooting killer stuff. You know, like Dawson that we have, and like um, I mean, Luke's been. Uh, Lucas Clark, he's been in the industry for a long time as well. And he's part of the team. I mean, these are young guys that are just literally thinking of creative stuff all the time. And, and it's a big part of the team. Like there's 141, as far as a team goes, like it's not one person. I mean, as far as the films that everybody loves to see, I mean, it's, it's, Ben's creative mind putting it together. I mean, most people don't know, but Ben, he does, he puts together most of the music, like the beats and all of that that's in the films. Like Ben does that too. Um, he is, but if you were to say, Ben, like, are you 141? He'd be, he, he would answer the same way. He'd be like, no way. Like yeah. it's a team thing. I mean, Luke and Dawson, like they help us out with, like usually they're the second photographer guys, or if they can't make it, Ben literally hands, me a camera that's a forty thousand dollar camera the first year and i'm like the hell are you giving me this for you know like oh yeah push this and you know and so now it's like a joke i'm like just give me a wide lens and i can function it you know like just give me the wide lens yeah <laughs> but it's been fun to learn part of that and like tony will take a camera you know like the harlequin hunt i mean me and tony are like all the time like Tony will take a camera. I'll take a camera if Luke or Dawson. And sometimes we, sometimes we'll find young guys or something. We'll find people in the States that hit us up. And, and if we can fit it in and fit it in our budget, then Ben loves to help younger photographers too. You know, he's, he's a very genuine guy. He's a very busy guy, but it's all a team effort. Like on the front end um, me and Tony, we do a lot of the people that we go with, like we interview and now like on our website, people can go on there and submit a story for their own yeah. state on our website, you know? And so like Tony and I have to filter through that. And then, you know, Ben uses, we all have like our own little connections and we filter through social media as much as we can and interview a lot of people. And we just try to pick those really good stories. And then, kind of Ben as we're filming, like he's already thinking like, do I just roll this out in chronological order or do I maybe put this one up front and this one in the middle? And, you know, and, and Ben's great. Like he's totally humble. Like he'll send like these cuts as we go through, as he's going through editing and putting everything together, he'll go through and be like, give me honest feedback. Yeah. You know, and we'll be like, Hey man, like turn down the music a little bit or, and he t takes it from completely non-professional guys that that's how he makes his living. I don't like I'm in the construction world and I don't know anything about it, but I'm just like, Hey man, like maybe try this. And he just listens. And it's just, it's a, it's an entire team. And I think why it works so well is because all of us are coming from a place to where we're just like, none of it, this is a passion project. You know, this is, yeah a hundred percent a passion project and we're just trying to shine a good light on waterfowl the best that we can and shine a good light on each state that we go to and yeah even at that point sometimes it's hard man <laughs> every episode we do 
everybody's like, oh, you missed this. You, you missed this in Texas. Like, I'm sure we did. We took four, four flights and rented a car and drove over 2000 miles in Texas. Yet we still miss stuff. Yeah. Promise you. Yeah. you know, like, so, you know, it, it, it's tough. I think, you know, what we're going to try to, what people don't understand too is, and sometimes what our sponsors don't understand is everybody keeps asking, when's the next episode? Post more, post little clips, one minute clips, four minute clips. You know, this drives from Ben and this drives from all of us that like when we do a state, like we don't want to do a state half ass. Yeah. We don't want to put, we don't want to represent a state half ass. Yeah. You know, and, and so that's why sometimes it takes a little bit longer and it takes Ben on the creative side, a little bit longer time to like try to formulate a film that everybody's just like, that was awesome. Yeah. You know, instead of being kind of just where we're putting out all, all this content, like on YouTube, we'd probably get way more subscribers if we posted best duck hunt ever and had like some cartoons popping out or yeah. something before, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just not, it's just not what we're about, you know? And so our growth is organic. And I would say all of our followers, I mean, are organic and they're real followers, you know? Yeah. So I don't know if that answered any of your questions. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, like, I mean, for you guys, like you're, you're producing such high quality films and you can't expect that to be like every month they come out with a new hunt 41, like just unrealistic. You have so much time that you have to go through and work things out and like one minute clips are great and all, but like it also brings the hype up when it comes out, like like yeah. if you don't post anything and then all of a sudden like okay in two weeks we're gonna drop it then everyone's like i've been waiting for this it's like yeah. christmas morning like it's been a fun tradition that we started that we try to post one around christmas you know because everybody's home and and you know so that's kind of been a fun tradition and then we tr we try to we try to put one out in the summer too you know because yeah. everybody's itching to have a little bit of that and and some of those restraints are that we just, we don't have endless amounts of money. And so we have to build this budget around going to a state and traveling to a state. And then we have to time that state good. And it's, so it's like every year, I mean, we can usually try to film like three, we try to push for like three states or if we have two small states, say like Virginia, like, you know, where we can kind of combine two smaller states together. Um, yeah we've done that before. And, and so, so we just put out something that's quality and then everybody's hunting seasons are kind of shifting and so much different that it's hard to be like, okay, we got to plan this, go here, plan this, go here. And then like, we've started to tell people, you know, like, like, let us know. I mean, if the birds aren't there and it's not, because at the end of the day we do have to 
shoot yeah. the birds, right? Yeah. Like this is a waterfowl film and we do want to shoot birds. And we naturally, all of us are hunters like Ben shoots, you know, every time, yeah. like I got pick up the camera, Ben wants to shoot. Like, like we're all waterfowl hunters, mm-hmm. man. Like we're there to have fun, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, we've kind of started to tell people like, look, like, if you're in a drought or something's happening, like this doesn't mean we don't want to come there. This just yeah. means we might need to postpone it because we got limited funds, you yeah. know? So probably the main thing that we're trying to build out right now is we, we start putting like all the applicants that we get and, and everything like into a file, like in for that state and get those interviews going. And once we feel like we have a state, like really built up good and that's, and that's kind of, then we'll, we'll push there and go there, you know? And, yeah. and that's the question. They're like, well, what happens when you shoot all 41 or how long do you think this project's going to happen? It's the, the answer is to that is we're going to keep doing it while people are still watching it. And we keep getting, you know, the funds to be able to do it and produce it, we're going to keep going. And that's where it turned from like, we're going to shoot the 41 and then the series is over, I guess, to where all of us started traveling, just seeing like, Oh my gosh, like they hunt so much different over here and over here and over here. Like, you know, I mean, Virginia, I mean, that was, it was, it's a one, it's a one bird. It's a one goose limit there. Right. We hunted on George Washington's family's property and the geese worked in and they were 30 yards out. And there's like here in Utah and in California, I mean, we got to take some long shots and they're like, no, 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 no. I'm like, how Like they put the decoys out literally not even like maybe 10 yards away from the blind. And we're like, this is never going to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is never going to work. Oh no. They just kept calling until these things were literally 20 feet away from the blind. They're like, nope, pass. And we're like, oh my gosh, we're not going to get, we're like having birds decoy and they're not calling the shot. And like, we're never going to get a shot. Like this isn't going to happen. Like, and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, we get it. Like they only get to shoot one goose a person. Like they want them to do it and do it dirty. Yeah. Like you're a field hunter. Like when you say they do it dirty, like that's like 30 yards into the decoy and they're landing 30 yards out or so, or whatever, 20, 30 yards out in the decoys. And that's doing it dirty. No, they were landing them 20 feet from the blind, Yeah, (laughs) you know, like, so that's where you get to where it's just like, man, we just got to show how everybody hunts and hunts so differently and every state, everybody hunts everything differently. And yeah. So, I mean, I would like to say that, our goal would to be make a hunting film for every single state. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. (laughs) That would be awesome. I mean, yeah. What you guys have done is just incredible. Like just showing what real life looks like in the hunting world and not just, just for social media. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we've, we've kept it pretty selective too. Like we could probably get more money if we just littered it. And we've talked about that a lot before. Like if we just littered it with sponsors, you know, but like, we just don't want it to be like that chat, the, the shows that all of us are 40 plus years old that we woke up on Saturday morning and the last five minutes of the entire show was brought to you by, and it was like, you know what I mean? And 
and so that's why our sponsors that we do have now, I mean, they get our vision and they get what we're trying to do and, and they're letting us just do our thing. And we're very thankful of that, you know, um, and it, it pays the bills and it gets it done. Speaking of Florida, I referred a friend to a guy that we hunted with in Florida. Cause he's trying to get his fulvis and, we didn't get into Fulvis while we were down there and he started talking to that guy and uh this young kid that hunts hard he's from down there and now that's his living he guides turkey he guides deer he guides he guides gator and waterfowl and so we were i referred and he was gonna book a trip next year but he's on the Fulvis right now (laughs) and literally while we were doing this my buddy just texted and said i'm leaving tomorrow to go to florida <laughs> That's his last bird for him. Oh wow! Yeah, the full of this is the last one for my buddy. So he literally just texted me. He's like, "I was gonna go next year with him, but I'm flying out tomorrow." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's not a bad gig, then. Yeah. All right, we're golden. Good to go. Yeah. New puppy problems. Oh yeah. I'm biting at everything that uh, is in my room. So she's just getting after it. Nice. Yeah, dude. Like, if you had like your coolest state to hunt or coolest experience that you've done with Hunt 41, what would it be? <laughs> the number one question always. Oh. <laughs> uh. That's the, that's the hardest question. And whenever we go to a new state, everybody asks, um, it's hard. Um, see, that's the best thing about traveling, you know, and why I suggest everybody save up for it because it's, it's all different. I mean, went to Florida and we're waterfowl hunting in palm trees, Marsh. I mean, I've never seen anything like that in my life. I mean, that was beautiful setting up, setting up decoys. And while we're setting up, it's like, Oh, are there gators in here? It's like, Oh yeah. I gator hunt in the same spot right here. I'm like, the hell, <laughs> you know, like get me back in the boat. <laughs> like I'm, a, you know, I'm a, from Utah. Like I'm from the desert, you know? Yeah. Um, I think Washington was really cool. I mean, the scenery in Washington, like hunting up in, in the PNW, like we were hunting in, you know, in the sound with pine trees, like right behind you. I mean, that was, that was amazing. You know, um, it was a great episode. I mean, John Otto is a great guy, um, super knowledgeable. Um, and then you go literally from as green as green can get in the, in the PNW and you cross over the Sierras and it's something like a guy like you of field hunting would just die over. Yeah. I mean, geese and cacklers and mallards and field hunting and farmland. I mean, flat as flat can be. I mean, that was a really cool state to see so much of a difference, you know? Um, I mean, hunting long Island. I mean, that story was great. I mean, (laughs) Yeah. 
Larry Seaman. I mean, that dude is a character and his dad is a character and his family history is phenomenal, you know? Yeah. I mean, that dude's a character and he, he beat them up good. And I mean, they live on the bay. I mean, yeah. they catch fish. I mean, they, they lit, they literally live, make their living on the bay and we're driving back in a wooden boat that his dad built in the sixties or the seventies or whatever he said. And it's four foot freaking waves crashing over the boat. And we're in a boat that was built by his dad in the seventies. And I'm just thinking to myself, we're going to die. And I'm like, okay, we're with somebody that literally is out here every day of his life. We're good. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I don't even know, man. Like it's every episode is. It's so different. It's so different. It's just like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, did we smash the crap out of the ducks right here in Florida? We had great hunts, man. I mean, I hunted wood ducks, but like, I guess everybody's gonna have to wait to see it. But I mean, we had a wood duck hunt that was a barrel burner. I mean, flooded it was like a flooded timber mallard hunt flooded cypress little pothole and just these little screaming demons coming in and we were all shooting 20 gauges and they were like they're like i hope you guys know how to reload really fast and we're like okay i guess it's gonna be a barn burner i don't know like we don't know what to expect like you know what i mean like and we don't expect anything. We don't expect guys like guys yeah. work so hard to like have these good spots when we go and there's tons of pressure on them. And if it's not as great as it is, we're the first ones to be like, man, it's hunting. Like it's okay. Yeah. Like we only shot a handful of ducks. Like, don't worry about it. You know? So we get to that hole and I'm looking around and the two guys we were with, their dogs were just phenomenal. I mean, I don't know how, what were there six or seven shooters and we shot a wood duck limit in 15 minutes. <laughs> I mean, I've never even seen anything like that. Yeah. I mean, literally just like they said, load three shots, shoot, and then reload. And it's like, literally they called light and they're like, okay, light. As soon as they start coming, they're coming. Yeah. They're like shooting hours. I was like, okay. Like two came swooping in and like, and like miss because they're coming in so fast and it's trees and it's dark, but it's shooting light. Golly, you know, I mean, it was a banger, like yeah. literally hot barrels. It was over in 20 minutes. That's I mean, awesome. something like that to like, you know, a, a, a flooded wood duck hunt in Florida. Like who would have thought, Yeah, you know, it's just crazy, you know? And so I'll put it out here a little bit, but Florida will probably, we have, we have multiple States like in the bag and we got some things that we want to go do to tie those States up, but we'll probably push Florida out first. Really? <laughs> you heard it here first. Fair enough. <laughs> you love to see it. <laughs> you love to see it. Yeah. So we'll probably push Florida out because I mean, it, it was well-rounded. We had great hosts and we had good hunts and gosh, so it's, it's hard. Yeah. Me being from Utah, I live in the desert. So it's hard for your, it's hard for me to answer that question with just like, Oh yeah. Washington was the best. I'm like, 
I've never hunted in flooded marsh that was with pine with uh, what do they call them? Palmettos, and they you should they pull off like these palm branches, like they don't even have to buy blinds. They literally go in their yard and cut off palm, uh, palm leaves. And then literally the stems are so hard, you can't like bend them or cut them. And they just bring them into the marsh and they literally just stick like palm leaves in front of the boat and it completely covers it. I'm like, oh my hell, if it was this easy back home, you know, like to cover the boat or whatever, they just use uh, big palm leaves, just shove them into the dirt, just like that. I mean, gigantic lily pads like this that, coots run across like most of the coots there don't even swim because they're just running across lilies and they probably don't want to get eaten by a gator so of course yeah. they're not gonna be in the water yeah you know? so i mean it's it's i don't know yeah i don't know man because yeah. everybody tells me they're like utah was a banger man like i want to go to utah but for me it's just like i hunted all the time so i don't really and as we travel more, like, I feel like I'm pretty, we're pretty fortunate here. Right. But it's yeah. just like, I don't see it as a banger or, you know, because obviously I live here, you know? So it's like, yeah. California was amazing. Like I never imagined anything like that in California. Yeah. Like the rice fields I've never seen still to this day. I've literally never seen as many bird numbers in the air as I've seen in, in the Sacramento Valley. I mean, and, and that's one of the biggest wintering places for the Pacific flyway. Right. So, I mean, yeah. they get millions of birds. I've never seen anything like it. And I think, I think California gets a, gets a bad rap. I mean, I would tell guys like travel to California. If you, yeah. if you live somewhere where you don't see a big migration or something like that, save up some money and go find somebody to hunt with in California. And you'll literally just sit back and be amazed by the tornadoes of all different kinds of species. Like I was just sitting there like, Holy shit. Like, you know, yeah. and I've been on the great salt lake and seen hundreds of thousands of birds. And I went to California. It's like, Oh, there's speckle bellies by the hundreds of thousands. There's, today 300 pintail flew over my head you know what i mean it's just like i never seen anything like that you know I, so i don't know see like i said i i don't know how to answer that question that's usually the answer that i give everybody like yeah. i don't know man <laughs> well, yeah i mean i don't blame you one bit it's so hard it would be so hard to choose because there's just so many there's so many different stories and experiences and new places to hunt and it's like how could yeah. you just pick one? Yep. I mean, it's a, I don't know. What's your favorite? Let's hear that. Um, <clears throat> See, everybody I've talked to, it's funny. They asked me that question and I asked them that question. They usually always have a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, there's been, I mean, my coolest experience probably probably was down in texas last year i'd say that was probably my favorite going down there in late january early february and shooting cacklers oh and yeah it was like nothing i've ever experienced big field hunter guy oh yeah or yeah <laughs> yeah naturally <laughs> yeah. go to go to west texas and 
it was wild. Like it was, it was like nothing I've ever seen before. Yeah. I mean, that's something we wanted to fit into the schedule is to show that, that migration in Texas. And we just, I mean, that's such a huge state. I mean, yeah. we should have probably caught it, you know, but it's like, I mean, Texas was a good state to hunt to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, that redhead and the migration and the wintering that they get with the blue bill and the redheads down there is disgusting. Yeah. And now we talk to guys that are hunting. I mean, they're shooting black belly and fulvis early season down there in Texas. They're seeing those birds and those birds that traditionally were pretty thick in Florida and Louisiana. I mean, those guys are shooting black belly and fulvis in Texas early season. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, what's your favorite hunt 41 episode? You got to admit it. My favorite hunt 41 episode. That's a tough one. I, I was a big fan of the California one. That was really cool. I really liked that one. It's a great hunt. Like that was, that was probably the one. I don't know. I just thought that was really cool. Like that whole, this experience. And I mean, biking out into the marsh and there's tons of people everywhere. And like, I, I don't know. I, I found that one really cool. So Ben's friend, when we were hunting, he went there almost 48 hours before to get that spot in line. Jeez. So if, so since that's your favorite episode, I'll give you a couple insider thing or like a little behind the scenes. Yeah. So that was one. So he had a buddy go there a day and a half before and camp. So people camp out waiting in line. So he had a buddy there camping, waiting for that spot. And that's a real thing. So like you check in and they just get on their bikes and ride as fast as they can to try to get to that blind. Yeah. Because they basically say, it, it all depends on where in California, but like when you go into a certain place, like there's some that you get an assigned a blind and there's some like where you just have to just rally. And that's one where you just have to rally. So they got to ride as fast as they can. And then we had a boat. So we had a boat and Ben basically dropped a pin and I'm driving a boat to like where Ben is riding the bike and I, he drops me a pin like, Oh yeah, follow this March. It's, it's pitch black. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Like <laughs> never been to this marsh before, whatever. So, Oh, what was the other like weird thing that we wish we could have filmed in that? It was, Oh, so the marsh thing. Oh, so you know how we did like we went to the Sacramento Bay with those yeah. younger guys. Yeah. Um, we wanted to show that because that's where mainly because we were trying to do a well geese and puddle ducks and we were trying to do a well diverse thing. And so that's what, you know, a lot of people that are big puddle duck guys or greenhead guys. Like I, maybe that's, we've heard that, that they don't love that we show like diver stuff too, but we show all the ducks, you know, yeah. that we can in the state. And that's where the, the biggest migration of all the Pacific flyway diver ducks go. And we went with these kids <laughs> and Joey cracks me up. He's like, he's like, just total like surfer guy kid. He's like, I don't know, bud. Why the hell would you want to shoot? 
diver ducks like we can go shoot puddle ducks like i got blinds over here he's like why would you shoot those things he's like we never shoot those i've never even done this before and so we just had the idea to like set up on one of these banks and like tony where he's big into divers so we like set up and even like ben's dad ben ben potter's dad's like loves puddle ducks and and whatnot we set up three of those panel blinds and throw out some decoys and that diver shoot was unbelievable like we shot it was like a seven man limit of diver ducks and those kids were like we're probably going to start doing this once or twice or three times a year because this was fun even ben's dad ben's dad's like i don't shoot divers and ben's dad's over there like because they were just like coming in everywhere and those those guys you know they're big puddle duck guys and they're just like that these things are dumb because nobody hunts them and they're this yeah. is unbelievable and and so that was like an inside like a little inside scoop there is that that was all like tony's idea like tony wanted to hunt divers there and basically it was like this looks like a good spot where they'll fly we watched them a little bit you know and then we set up and it they did it and they did it freaking dirty and everybody was laughing like spending shells and laughing so hard and and ben's dad was shooting divers you know (laughs) (laughs) that's just like the fun little part of that you know (laughs) yeah oh that's awesome i mean yeah you gotta have those insider scoops that's the that's what makes it all about it yeah it's hard to fit everything into a film but i wish we could have just like he puts joey puts explicits in there he's like why in the would you want to shoot those stupid ducks you know and tony's like (laughs) tony's like i love divers you know (laughs) he's like fine i'll take you because they had you know i had my boat there and they had some boats and they're like if this turns out to be shit then we're gonna go to our blinds and shoot puddle ducks i'm like okay and we shoot a limit of we shoot a limited dive like divers and then those yeah. kids they got so happy about pulling the trigger like buffies came in like these those those guys love to shoot so then <laughs> buffies were coming in we're like no no like let's save them for like redheads or cans or something no these kids bah, 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 you know you know so then we're we basically limited out we're like well we better get out of here yeah shot a whole bunch of diver ducks <laughs> so it's oh. a good diet, man. It's oh, that sounds like it. That sounds yeah. like quite the journey. We'll have to get together and hunt, man. Oh, absolutely, dude. Come out and visit. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check out Utah because that's that seems like a whole other world out there. You'll have to get away from some of your field hunting. I don't got any of that around here. <laughs> I know. I'll have to switch it up a little bit. I'd, I'd be able to do that for you. <laughs> I don't got enough money to lease the church farms around here. I'd take you, you know? Yeah. I'll, I'll try to see if I can find some Mormon people out there that we could get connected with beforehand. Yeah. And I'll just tell them, yeah, I just want to field hunt out in Utah one time. Just let me, let me sneak on out there. Right. <laughs> do it, do it for the kids. Do it for the youth. Come on. Now. Yeah. Do it for the kids. They say, uh, 
Yeah. No way. Those those guys that lease these fields out here, I mean, man, they're protective. Like you go, you like park on the side of the road just to see like numbers. Yeah. And like they have people watching it. They'll like drive up and be like, what are you doing here? <laughs> That's private. Yeah. I'm like, I kind of like looking at geese and seeing how many bands are out there. Yeah. Because our, our biologists ban geese like crazy out here. Really? <laughs> so, oh, yeah, like guys in Idaho kill Utah bands. I mean, Utah bands are killed like crazy. So <laughs> if you shoot a goose in Utah, like it's probably a 50%, 60% chance you're shooting a band. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, for a while they put black bands instead of like silver, they put black because guys were like binoing them. Yeah. And then the biologists, because we have so many like urban geese, they would band them transport them all the way to the furthest east side of the state to see if they'd pick up and like move to Colorado or something like that. Yeah. No, these things would fly back. So then they would know from a certain band and then they started putting neck collars on them and then transport them back out there. And so like guys have shot like yellow neck collars and stuff like that. But then if they get caught back at golf courses or whatever, or wherever then they'll, they'll have to get like euthanized. Yeah. But like guys will travel out to like the East side of the state, see if they can find the ones that got collared, you know, (laughs) from when they caught them. There's too many urban geese around here. So like our, our goose season, so our ducks are done. Like what at the second week of January. And then we have what's called urban goose that we have that goes till like the first week of February. Oh, wow. First week of February? Yeah. Jeez. It's called the urban goose. So basically, they're just trying to get rid of like resident geese that are just nuisances. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. So like right now, we've been scouting a little bit, trying to find places to shoot geese in the urban urban goose area. Yeah. So is it like right within like the town or what's the like area for urban geese? Oh yeah. I mean, it's basically, it's basically like the major metropolitan area, but you obviously have to do it in places that are legal, legal to hunt. So there's a huge lake that I live by that I'm like 20 minutes from and you can hunt that lake in different areas. So, I mean, there's just like a map and it says where you can hunt, but then you have to be like so far from a building and stuff like that. Um, and people get on them pretty good, but the, the urban geese here that are locals, they're smart, man. Yeah. I mean, first of the season, they'll be flying low, like off the middle of the lake and flying low to like a field or like a cornfield or alfalfa field. That's like where you can't hunt them. We'll have a wad of a thousand geese you'll drive past that are like on an alfalfa field. That's just like trapped around houses say, and then as the season goes on, because guys will sky bust them and all of a sudden, you know, they just get higher and higher and higher and higher and higher as the season goes on. And then they just land in the middle of the lake where you can't get to them. So they're pretty, they're pretty smart, but it's still, it it makes it nice because it makes the hunting season longer, but they are tough as hell to get at for sure. Could you ever lay out boat on them, like in those lakes, if they're laying yeah, like right in the bu- middle? Oh yeah, I got some buddies that go hard on trying, but the problem is, is it works good if they come off in like small groups, like yeah. 
you know, like tens or twenties, but those urban geese are so freaking smart. It's literally like 200 will get up. Like as yeah. soon as like say 50 get up, the whole field blows up and all of a sudden the whole wad gets up. Yeah. So then if you're out there, you're setting up. And if there's one guy in the layout boat and here's the buddy over there, like waiting his turn, the one guy might get the shots, but then they're all blown and then they go somewhere else. So sometimes it works when there's like ice holes and then they keep, they keep it open. You can go try to hunt that ice when they're coming back to it. But I'm not a big fan of ice, bud. Like I'm not, I'm not a nice fisherman. I'm not, even when we hunt the marshes where I know I'll walk ice. If I know that if I fall through, I'm going to be like knee deep or waist deep, Yeah. but a lake that's like over my head. No, thanks. Yeah. Like not a big ice fishing guy. Like, uh, uh, I I'm in the same boat. I'm not a huge ice fisherman. Like it's great. If you can go out in a shack and drink beer with your buddies and catch some fish, but like, other than that, like, I'm not going to go try to catch, I'm not going to go grind ice fishing. Like, no, like not a shot. And I, I, I won't drive my truck out there. Cause I'm like, if that thing goes through, like I'm screwed. Yeah. I see guys driving trucks out there. I barely even still want to walk on it. Yeah. Like I'm that guy. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll, I'll tell my buddies like, if you want me to come out, like I'll park at the boat launch and you can come pick me up. But like, I'm not driving my truck out there. Right. And like, dude, it's like 20 inches of ice. Like you're fine. 22 inches of ice. I'm like, I'm fine. Yeah. No, I'm good. I'm <laughs> like there, there, there could be a small little patch that of course I'm going to run over and my truck's going to go through. And then it's just going to be a like, kill. Exactly. <laughs> I'm that you and me, we'll get along. Like, yeah. Let's go hunt the ice. Oh yeah. It's like three or four inches thick. Oh yeah. We're good. You can take a snowmobile out there. No, I'm good. Yeah. Like Tony does it all the time and I'll go with Tony cause he lives up North and he, he finds some good ice holes. And if he calls me, then, you know, I'll, I'll go with him. But at the same time, it's like two or three inches thick, completely safe. And it's only knee deep water, but yeah. dogs just got let in the house. <laughs> Doing a podcast. The whole town? Yeah. I have it on airplane mode. <laughs> this is all getting recorded. Yeah, people thought you were dead. What? People thought you were dead. I know. I put it on airplane mode so I wouldn't ding in. I told you I had this night. <laughs> Call off the Air Force. We're good. <laughs> well, the airplane mode worked with not ding into the computer. Yeah, worked. I love it when a plan comes together. You know what I mean? Oh, it comes together so well. <laughs> uh, right? Yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah, no, I'm definitely with you on like the ice fishing thing. I mean, there's like, I mean, we'll hunt big lakes with ice on it very rarely, but it's like if it, 
there's a small pond that's like with ice and you can get in it. It's, it's good. Pretty dirty. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, man. It's just got to keep grinding, you know? I hear you on that. Is that some of the new Hunt 41 merch? Or when did you guys come up? Oh, that? yeah. That's slick. Yeah, so we got some more stuff coming, and then we're just going to try to, like, rotate a little bit more. Yeah. So it's nice. Like, we got a fulfillment company now that will help us. And so when orders come in, like, we have a sweatshirt that, like, this is embroidered on, like, right here. Yeah. Um, and so like, they'll just, as an order comes in, they'll make it, they'll embroider it and then they'll ship it for us. So oh, perfect. it helps out because, you know, myself, I was horrible. Orders would come in and I'd get them out like a week late. Yeah. So we're trying to, we're trying to get everything dialed more in. fluid. Yeah. Yeah. More dialed in, you know, trying to make little things like that easier for people, you know, yeah, yeah. because like I said, I mean, it's a passion, it's a passion project. We're very passionate about it, you know, but at the same time, like all of us are got full-time jobs, you know, and and trying to do as much as we can. I mean, just, just like your podcast, you know what I mean? Like you're on the grind, you're working after hours right now. And, you know, so it's just, it's what we got to do, especially with like just got to keep with your passion and work hard at it and tweak it and figure out things that work and don't work. And, yeah. shift and adjust, you know? Yeah. Oh, Just like set decoys, you know? They don't come yeah. in move the yeah. decoys a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hear you on that. That's like, I mean, it gets tough definitely like with our season going on. It's tough to just like take two hours out of the day to go uh, record a podcast like for me. Because I mean, right. scout in the morning, scout at night and then have school all day. And then also work. And then it's like, it's like, shit, I can't take two hours out of my day to kind of do that. But now like the nice thing is our, I mean, after November, like everything gets dark at five o'clock. So I can just jump on six with somebody and we're golden. Yep. You know, so it works out nice, but just got to keep tweaking it. It's awesome. Awesome. So you have your own guide business then? Are you working for other people or? Yeah. Yeah. So I run my own. We started it three years ago um, to, you know, like just help pay for hunts and stuff like that, that we do and just take smaller groups that people want that people wanted to hunt with us or whatever um, through social media or in the community or whatever. And then got to a big enough point this year where it's like, we got to make it a business. So started that and, Oh yeah, good for you. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, just grinding away, I guess, trying at least. Good for you. So basically, like just you and some friends started it then or yeah, so me and a couple guys were doing it, and then I mean I was the main guy to try to get everything together and it was mainly like me running most of the hunts like a lot of the guys were at sports or school or whatever so like a lot of the time it would just be me out there guiding Um, yeah and so ran into a lot of that and so i was like well i'll just put it under my name but now i have four guys that are on the team and so it's been great 
Heck yeah, man. Good for you. So yeah, it's awesome. a lot of fun. A lot of fun. You got to come out, make your way I'm up down. to Minnesota. I'm down. I'm telling you late, like middle of November is the time to come. I mean, that, that works. I mean, that's a good early season by the time stuff down South. I mean, kind of what we try to do is try to find seasons that work. So then we can hit that spot, go down yeah. hit another spot. So, I mean, yeah, we got to keep building out the places, but re- whether it's with Hunt 41 or by myself, I'm down. I'm always yeah. down for a good time. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. Yeah, whether it's all you guys or just you want to come out or you're in Tony or whatever it is, like, bring it. We'll, we'll have a good time. That. I appreciate yeah. that, man. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you, you know? jumping on, brother. Yeah, hopefully it wasn't I don't know, two off the wall or whatever. <laughs> I ready to go off on any tangents. <laughs> so it's all about like just try to have a conversation like you're sitting at a bar and not have too many. Like the biggest thing that I've found is just not having too many questions and having to add like question ask, question ask, question yeah. ask. Absolutely. I mean that that gets boring. Then it's like, okay, you just want to hear a conversation go on. Yeah. So. It's fun just to hear people are just normal guys you know what i mean and just yeah guy talk you yeah know? absolutely well dude i appreciate you jumping on yeah thanks for the support man like really thank you you're for welcome here anytime i love i love your enthusiasm and what you're doing and you know make sure you keep up your voice for your age of guys man i i love it i appreciate it so keep doing your thing keep grinding man <laughs> thanks for uh showing the real world of what waterfowling means i appreciate that you know if, if you got any pointers or we're always open to suggestions tell us when we mess up you know you gotta yeah. always if the decoys you know <laughs> i'm with you on that <laughs> well you take it easy and uh hopefully the town's not too too devastated that you're off your phone for a little bit right (laughs) it's a small town i think we're okay you know (laughs) absolutely well all right you take it easy and i'll catch you later yeah keep in touch pal absolutely we'll see you all right buddy thank you see you bye